such a warm way. Thank you very, very much. We're very happy to be with you and uh, just spending time with several of you. And thank you for allowing us to be part of your uh, fellowship and at Ashburnham, which we really, really enjoyed. And, and God, God did some very good things there. And God spoke to us. So thank you for having us here. And yeah, like Tim said, it's been four years since, since we came. And, um, and we're just very happy to be here. So um, um, thanks, Dale and, uh, and Jane, for your friendship and hospitality. We've had a very, very, very good time. Uh, I felt like today, and I asked uh, Dale and Tim um, that today um, it would be good to have, uh, we, won't, we won't have a normal uh, type of preach. You guys get great preaching every week, I am sure. So it, it's not one more sermon that you need. And uh, so, so we, we felt we should just share where we're at uh, as if we were having a conversation. In a way, I wish I could just sit down and, and we could have a round circle here. And I, we could tell you some of the things that have been happening with us and where we're at. Many of you have been very kind to ask about us and about our children. And, um, um, and so let me just... I'm going to try to share three things, and Bibi's going to share a testimony of what God has been uh, doing as well. So we would like to share uh, three basic areas, and, and they all come with an F. So we will share on family. We will share on Fuente, which is uh, Fuente de Vida is the name of our church, Fountain of Life. And we will share a little bit about frontiers, you know, uh, not, not only new frontiers, but, you know, frontiers that God is... Uh, taking us into. So, so that's very good, isn't it? So far, you know, I should just go now and leave it there because this has been good. Three F's. Uh, uh, so where we're at uh, as a family, uh, and many of you have asked about our uh, really wonderful boys. We have uh, two sons, Gijo, who's 24, and Stevie, who's 22. So Gijo, at the moment, uh, I, I got a text from him this morning. Uh, he lives in Sydney, Australia, and today is Father's Day in Australia. So I got a fathering day, you know, happy Father's Day today from him in Australia. Gijo went to Sydney. Um, he was going to go um, on a six-month exchange program with university. He's uh, reading finance in Guadalajara, Mexico. And um, so he had the opportunity to do an exchange program that was going to be six months right before he goes the university allows him to do one more semester, so that becomes one year. And at the end, towards the end of that year, uh, he felt like you know God was leading him to uh, enroll in Bible school. So he's uh, finishing his second year of uh, Bible school with the Hillsong, um, with the Hillsong Bible College or Leadership College, uh, whatever they call it. Uh, I should know, as I send money that way often. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, whatever that is. So he's really enjoying that, and, and God's really gotten a hold of him. And at the end of this year, he will come home to finish his finance degree. And hopefully by next summer, he will know where God is leading him as far as either ministry or, or, or um, business or whatever way God will lead him. And we're praying for that direction for him. And our Stevie, who's 22, he's in Mexico City uh, reading anthropology, social anthropology, and... Um, and he's very, very happy. He's, he's become quite the thinker, the reader, the writer, 
and uh, uh, he has this, I think there's almost like a prophetic gift in him that, you know, pokes us in different areas, the many of us. And so, so he's, he's very happy, and we're very happy with where they're at. Of course, that means Bibi and I um, uh, have what they call an empty nest, uh, at least for the time being. <laughs> and that's been good. It's been, it's been quite an adjustment, to be honest with you. And, and uh, we've cried over our kids leaving home. I know that's weird for some of you because I know in this culture, you expect your kids to leave. In our culture, we don't. We just expect them to stay around. But, uh, but that hasn't happened. So maybe Gigi will come back and be with us at least for a season. Uh, so that's, that's where things are at. And as far as Fuente, for those of you, Fuente de Vida, for those of you who don't know this, uh, we come from the city of Guadalajara, which is the second largest city in the country of Mexico. Um, Mexico has around, the, the country as a whole has 120 million people, and uh, six or seven of those million live in our city. So it is, it is a very big city uh, with over one million and a half cars in our city. So you can imagine a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of cars, bad traffic. Um, Jane loves our traffic. She loves our roads, and she's dying to go there and drive in those roads. So, um, and, and like we've said before, and let me just mention it again, um, it, of, of all the um, mega cities of Latin America, Guadalajara is ranked as the least evangelized mega city in Latin America. So many of the other big cities in, in, in our part of the world have uh, several mega churches with the thousands. And you know, you've probably heard of what's happening in places like Colombia and Argentina and all of that. Uh, that is not happening in our part of the world, in Guadalajara. So, um, but we are believing, and, and God has been doing great things. We're believing for, for uh, a development of things. Um, and we have seen in the last few years, and I would say decades, uh, we've seen uh, quite a growth of the church in our city, and we're believing for more. We're believing for more of that. There's more uh, uh, sparks or flames or churches coming alive and growing. So we are believing for more of that. And, and um, therefore, uh, our vision in Fuente de Vida, our, our local vision, is that we we see ourselves multiplying communities that will declare and proclaim and enjoy the grace of God. And that's, that's our calling. That's our calling in that city and hopefully in other parts of Mexico. We want to multiply. And, uh, and we're seeing, we're seeing uh, some of that happening since our last visit four years ago. Um, God has been very good to us and has given us much favor uh, we've, we've, seen, we've seen quite a move forward. Um, we, in, in, the, in, in this period of time, since we were last with you, um, we, we, have, we have grown a little bit, you know, as, as numerically, I would say. Uh, so we've gone to two Sunday meetings, and uh, so that's uh, allowing us to attract and to, you know, facilitate things for more people uh, to come and hear the gospel. Uh, and we have also planted a church in the south side of the city. Uh, perhaps some of you remember a young man who came with me a number of years ago, uh, Guillermo Willie. Uh, his father was one of our elders, and he came a number of years ago as well. 
So he's, he's the, uh, the leader of the church plant. So we sent them out. We sent him out with a group of uh, very good young people, and God's blessing them. And, you know, they're gathering 80 to 100 people every week on the south side of the city. So we're, we're seeing that, that blessing as well. And uh, we, are now, um, we are now looking at starting a, in our own location a third Sunday meeting. Uh, we're going to go to three Sunday meetings, hopefully by the end of this year. But the idea of this Sunday meeting is that um, it will be led and it will be pastored by one of our young leaders. I, I will not be you know, the pastor of that third Sunday meeting. This young guy, Tonio is his name, with a group of younger leaders will take this on. So we're hoping that that will open another uh, opportunity for more people to come. And we think that will enable us also to attract more young people. Uh, we're trying to find the right time when, you know, and the right setup for the meeting where we can attract more young people. And the idea would be that this th third Sunday meeting, as it grows, that we can plant them out to another part of the city and, and you know, continue to multiply uh, our communities that proclaim the grace of God and enjoy the grace of God. Um, so for this reason, one of our main focuses as a church and, and, as, and as a leadership, and for me personally as well, is to raise and develop young leaders. And, and that's, that's where our passion is, really, uh, to develop younger guys and girls who can take things on um, as part of this focus and vision. So we have, we have a team of four elders. Um, two of them have been across. Guillermo is one of them. Luis is another one. And there's another guy called Gustavo, who's a, a very excellent pastoral guy. Uh, and uh, so the four of us, all those four guys, we are over 50, and we, we understand uh, the blessing of that, but also the limitations of that as well. So uh, as a team of elders, um, above 50, we also meet with three or four other younger guys that we're trying to bring through uh, so that you know, we can pass it on and pass things on as we go and pass things on to them. So um, that's as far as where we are and where we're heading as a church. And I would like to also share a few testimonies of, of some things that God has done in the last couple of years. Two years ago, two years ago in the summer, uh, we, we, we were going through a lot of um, opposition and a lot of difficult things. And uh, the wife of one of our elders died of brain cancer. She's the mother of our uh, church planting leader. So it was, it was you know, one of those times when it's, when it's difficult. So, um, um, but at the same time, we were seeing God adding people to us and giving us favor. So one of those things where, you know, it's good in one side, it's not so good on the other side, and, and we were seeing good things. But I, I felt in my heart that we needed something that will really connect us with God. And, and you know, you see blessing, but you don't just want to be satisfied with the blessing that you see. You, you, you want more from God. And, and through a series of events, um, God led us to Isaiah 58, and I, and I will not, I will not get into details, I would seriously recommend that you open your Bible when you get a chance and read that chapter of Scripture, Isaiah 58. And, um, and that chapter of Scripture speaks of fasting. But interestingly, it doesn't speak 
uh, about fasting as we're used to it, you know, uh, quit eating basically. But it, it talks about a, a whole list of things that, um, that are practical things that we can do as, as, as the people of God. And all of them, I realized, um, all of them are basically works of mercy. Now, let me tell you one thing about mercy, and, and that helps us in our language. The word we use for mercy in our beautiful language is the word misericordia. Perhaps some of you have heard that word. Can you say that word with me, misericordia? Can you? Misericordia. Misericordia. So that's the word we use for mercy. What's interesting about that word in Spanish is that it, it is the, the root of that word in Spanish, it's a combination of two words, uh, misericordia. So basically, cordia is the same, the same root for cardio. So like when all of you go to the gym every week, um, which I'm sure all of you do, <laughs> you look like you do. Um, so what you would do is cardio, having to do with the heart, right? Are you with me on that? So misery and cardio, basically, the idea of the word misericordia is the words misery and heart. So in essence, in essence, the idea of misericordia is when the heart connects with the misery of others. Do you get that? So, so God spoke to us uh, quite a bit about that. And we, we, as we went to... Um, to Isaiah 50, oops, sorry, I'm sorry. I was going to say, Dale's going to have more work now, but he's on sabbatical. Did you know Dale's on sabbatical now? Wow, what a blessing. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I, will, I will try to concentrate on things here. So basically, God led us to do a Oh, Jane, yours good. Yes, thank you. Do you know this happens to me very often? But I keep doing it and I keep, you know, I'm sorry. So, okay. What? That's a health and safety nightmare, that is. <laughs> so anyways, as God, as God spoke and opened our eyes to this whole thing of uh, the heart connecting with the misery of others through Isaiah 58, we just realized, you know, God calls his people to, uh, to connect with those that are in a greater need than we are, and that God's favor and mercy towards us uh, it's intended so that then we extend that same grace and mercy to them. And uh, so we had a 40-day fast, like I said, two years ago and then a year ago as well, where uh, we focused on uh, doing all kinds of uh, mercy things. And I will share with you some of them. And I, I couldn't tell you everything that we did, but, uh, but uh, one of the things that we felt we should connect with uh, the immigrants that passed through our city. Now... Uh, you may or may not know that uh, the Latin American nations, the Latin American nations, uh, many people from those nations are always trying to get 
to the U.S. border to get across and find work on the, state, on the, on, on the United States and live there. So um, roughly, roughly 450,000 immigrants come illegally through Mexico trying to get to the U.S. border. Uh, they get to our south border. We have, you know, our southern border is with Guatemala and Belize. So they, they come across, and as soon as they're in Mexico, they jump on a cargo train. So, and there are three different train lines that go across Mexico that take them to the border. Now, these this immigrants have a very rough time as they go because uh, they, many times they travel without any food, and they travel, of course, not legally, with no documents, and many times they travel as a family. Um, so about a third, roughly a third of those immigrants pass through our city every year. So roughly 150,000 of them pass through our city, many of them coming from the country of Honduras and El Salvador, and many Guatemalans as well. And of course, there's a whole bunch of Mexicans that do the same on top of that. So these people travel through our city, and in order to get across our city on the train, they need to get off the train on one side because if they're traveling within the city, the police or immigration might stop them, send them back. And the, the sad reality is they are not treated very nicely by the police or by anyone. Um, uh, sadly, and I will share this with you, many of the Hondurans uh, ladies that come are known, are known to, uh, um, I'm not trying to be funny in this in any way, but they, they take uh, a shot, they take a shot uh, called the anti-Mexican, because a lot of them were getting raped and pregnant uh, as they came into our country. So they take this shot to not get pregnant as they know they're going to be raped as they go through Mexico. So, so they go on, on very, very difficult conditions. So God, God spoke to us. Uh, so they get off the train, track, uh, the train and they walk across about 30 or 40 kilometers to get to the other side of the city, and then they're able to get the train. So in this journey, a lot of them, a lot of them happen to stay in our city to find work or to live under a bridge. Many of them travel as a family. I mean, we've been uh, with these people under a bridge when they come, you know, mom, dad, three children, and a dog. So because, you know, and the parents says we had to bring our dog because the children, you know, could feel like they, you know, they have their pet with them. So, um, so we, we try to connect with them, which is not an easy thing, but uh, God opened open our hearts to, um, <clears throat> to basically, basically go, go visit where they are, the tracks, at the railroad tracks, because that's where they find a place to spend the night and bring food, bring clothes, bring Bibles. Uh, uh, people use, people in our church, when they go, they use their telephones, because a lot of them have been gone for months and their families back home don't know anything about them. So some of our people have used their phone to you know, connect with their wife or their mother or whatever, you know, and just uh, pray with them, send them on their way. And, uh, and, and this has been happening. I, I think we had a picture. It's, not, it's a great picture, but you know, we cannot see it well. Uh, so our, our young people, you know, our young people between 18 and 20s, uh, early 20s, they go once a month. And there's also a team that goes every week to visit them. So I, I thought that was a beautiful picture. And that's Sophie, one of our 17-year-old uh, girls, uh, reaching out to one of these babies. Uh, so like I said, they, they travel as families many times. And, um, and so we try to stay connected with them. And this was birthed out of the whole Isaiah, um, Isaiah 58 deal. 
And of course, what we as a church can do is very limited, uh, not so much because um, what we can do because the, the legal implications of us getting further involved are, are difficult. So we basically uh, uh, want to go and let them know uh, there is a church. And, uh, and we, found, we, found people, uh, we found people saying, you know, thank you for the food you brought today. This morning we had nothing to eat and we prayed and we said, God, if you exist, would you send us some food? And then later on, our team has showed up with sandwiches or whatnot, and, you know, this is God. You know? So we're just trying to find ways to, uh, to connect with these people and, and, and let them know somebody cares. And uh, interestingly, what we found is that there are many, many Christian brothers and sisters on this journey. So we, we find them, and when we offer a Bible, they'll say, yeah, I read the Bible myself, and I'm a believer as well. So uh, this is the family of God as well. So, uh, so these are some of the things that started out of the Isaiah 58. Um, we, we also have a ministry uh, with, with food parcels, boxes or bags, with food that we give every week or every month to families within or without the church. And this brought a, quite an increase in this area. Um, some of the, um, as well, some of the, uh, uh, how do you say, what would be the equivalent to your, to your NHS, um, you know, the public hospitals in Mexico? Uh, since we're in the big city, uh, some of our big hospitals, uh, public hospitals, uh, families come from the smaller towns and villages with their patients, uh, and they have them there, you know, hospitalized. But many times these families don't have enough money to be going back and forth. So many times there will be a park outside the hospital and many families you know, will stay in this park for one to two weeks while their patient is being taken care of. And uh, so a team of us started going out there and um, <coughs> just bringing food and bringing blankets and just sharing, you know, and, and, and I, I had a, a huge privilege one day when I, when I went along with the team and I was inside the hospital and some of the people were eating the food that our team had brought, and, and I, I just overheard the conversation. And, and this man said, God bless these people, he said. God bless these people. He said, I've been here for two weeks, so whatever money I had, I've run out, and I cannot be paying for you know, food anymore. And these people have just brought us food today. And, and let me just say one thing. I know, I know that many of us, and myself included, Many of us sometimes say, well, what difference does it make if you give out a sandwich or, or a drink or whatever? Um, and we should, you know, get them to go to church and, you know, whatever. But let me tell you one thing. Um, uh, Jesus said, you know, when you feed one of the little ones, you, you did it for me. And he, he doesn't say for us to go any further. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course we want to go further. But if that's all we do, I mean, and, and God has spoken to us about, if this is all you do, I'm very pleased with that. Let me tell you a story I read, and perhaps some of you have heard of this story of this um, young, young girl, a nurse from the United States, that upon graduation um, uh, from nursing school, she went to uh, uh, one of the countries in North Africa to work and serve at a uh, refugee camp uh, with about 2,000 uh, refugees. All of the refugees being Muslim, all of the workers being Christians. And, uh, and this man visited 
this refugee camp, and upon speaking with her and seeing all the wonderful work they were doing, uh, this man asked her, asked the nurse, so all that you do is wonderful, but what has it done for the faith of all of these people? And, and the girl answered, uh, for their faith, it hasn't done anything. In my faith, it has done everything. You know? So it's, <laughs> a lot of it is what God wants to do in us. So um, another thing that God led us to do, um, we are connected with two or three different orphanages, and so we're trying to, to reach out to them. And, and God opened some. Uh, we've had a ministry in the male prison uh, for, for, I don't know, five or six years. But through this Isaiah 58 uh, process, God opened doors um, in a female prison, um, in a female prison where God, <laughs> where God, is, where God is moving. Um, we, we, we saw baptisms inside the prison, if you can believe that. I, I don't know if that happens in this country, but in our country that doesn't happen very often. You know? So we, we saw baptisms in there, and I remember, you know, one, one day talking to, to one of the inmates, and I'm trying to translate that in my, in my brain here, uh, I, I said, D -d do you want me to pray for you at the end of one of our meetings? And, and he said, uh, well, I said, what would you like me to pray for, I said. And, and he said, well, this is the words of an inmate. He said, in Christ, I have everything. And I have more than I need. <laughs> this is an inmate that I offer prayer to. In Christ, I have everything, and I have more than I need. I felt like saying, would you pray for me, please? <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah. Um, so, another thing, and I will, I will share in a minute uh, a little bit more about that. Um, Another thing that developed through this Isaiah 58 uh, is that two ladies in our church, uh, one of them a dentist, and the other one uh, served for many years, perhaps you're familiar or not, with a ministry out of Florida called the Evangelism Explosion. And Evangelism Explosion developed something for children. She was the representative for Evangelism Explosion children for Mexico for a good number of years. So these two ladies, uh, sisters, they, um, they came up to me one day, and I, I've repented since, okay? But they came to me and said, Pastor, we'd love to evangelize this area of town where there's a lot of children. This is very poor, and uh, we want to know if that's okay with you, and would you be behind us? And to be honest with you, I mean, like I've said, I repented from that. But I said, yeah, go on. But I, in my heart, I really didn't believe anything was going to happen. And uh, so... As it turns out, as it turns out, they started working there, and today, um, twice a week, they're feeding 80 to 100 children, and they're gathering the same number, plus their parents, for prayer, for Bible study, and uh, the Sunday before we came away, um, the Sunday before we came away, we prayed over these two ladies because that place, in, this is outside our city, about 30 minutes from us, uh, they're now having their own Sunday meeting. <laughs> you know, they're now having their own Sunday meeting because um, actually Ian, Ian was with us uh, uh, earlier this year and he saw this. She, she, um, 
you can or not believe this, but she, one of them has a 15-seater uh, van, a minibus, as you would say. So every two weeks, she was bringing people from that outreach over to us in her 15-seater minibus, but she was bringing as many as 42 people. <laughs> Talk about safety and... You know. So basically, they've said, you know, we, we need our Sunday meeting. So at Easter, on Easter Sunday, Bibi and two of our young leaders went there, and they had their first Sunday meeting. And now they, you know, things have developed. So like I said, before we came away, we prayed for them. And we don't even know if we should call that a church plant or not, you know. But people are coming to God. <laughs> and what's next? I don't know. I mean, what we're doing is every couple of weeks, one of, our, uh, one of our preachers goes there and preaches, and, and we're trying to help in whatever way we can. So about prisons, let, let, let me have Pásale Amor. So Bibi can share a testimony or two of what God is doing uh, with some of these things. Is this, can, can we use this? Yeah. Thank you. I am going to share in a different way because I don't have such a good memory. <laughs> I don't speak English that well, so I wrote some things. And this is what I want to say. First, thank you so much for your support and showing us love during all these years and contributing to our growth as, individu as individuals <laughs> And as a church, thank you, and I thank God, and I thank you for your prayers, and God doing things in our lives and in our families. Um, he has been transforming, refreshing, renewing many areas, as God was saying, in our family, in our church, and in frontiers, and I'm going to talk about um, in which ways this has affected our lives. Um, I'm going to start with opening in other ways, but before, when Isaiah started, I had been trying to get the church in order, get it cleaned, um, we built a new closet, we put everything in boxes and labels. So I gave it to Oscar and then he, he said, we're gonna start something and he shared to me about Isaiah 58. And then he said, the church is going to be a little bit messy. <laughs> so the church was not messy, it looked like a war, war zone. <laughs> Everybody was bringing food, clothes, shoes. But God raised people, praise him, that served out everything. And for how many, Oscar, how many months we were like that? Two months. Okay. And the closet I had put like in labels, I gave, we even put some keys to have it in order. It was all mixed up. <laughs> and 
God started talking to me about control, about control in my life, in my family, in the church, and breaking many things. And he started um, also with my son, Stevie, having an accident where he was like in the top of many areas of his life, like he did really good in sports and got on a team that he wanted really to be, training three hours every day. He had a scholarship in the best uni. He, he also um, was a very good son in every way. So he had an accident playing basketball, broke his uh, ligaments, and this changed his life and our life in many ways. His priorities were very different. Instead of wanting to be an engineer and constructing and being an architect too, that he had already the scholarship to go to, um, he didn't want to do that anymore. And, and confronted us in many ways how we lived our Christian life. And this, one of, this was one of the things that started uh, to put in our hearts and to go and to seek of all these things and change in many ways. Um, he even got like a car, my son, and he lives at home. He goes by bus, by train. He had been, how do you say, attacked and mugged. Yes, and we asked him, are you going to go next day in your car? And he's very, very radical. And this has confronted us in many ways. How do we love the poor? How we take care of orphans? Uh, in many ways has inspired us. So now I thank God for his accident. Being 18 and having a limp, uh, now he's doing much better. He's now 22, but for a year, the doctor bad diagnosed, and he had to go through many things. So we went with him also. But one of the other things was when he was going on his therapy, he, when he was going on therapy, he opened a door um, where I'm serving now for two years, and this is with disabled children. And I also want to mention that Jenny gave me a puppet one time I came, and she shared about um, her puppet shows and everything. So. This puppet, Tommy, has been visiting hospitals, orphans, disabled children, people with cancer, and bringing um, a lot of hope and his word. Now we have um, a support group for disabled um, people that have disabled children. And it has been a really big blessing, and also in prison, um, God has opened the doors in many ways. The ladies there were very bitter, angry, and close when we began going there. We were praying and fasting, and one of them, Jesse especially, didn't believe in Jesus. And when we worship, she said, I love how you worship. 
but I also like to adore holy death. I was raised by drug dealers, by a grandma that would go to a cemetery and did this all witchcraft. And she was in jail because she didn't like her sister-in-law. And she killed her with her husband and another lady was holding her hands. So the three of them are in jail. But what happened with her is when she went to jail, she left her family and one of her daughters went to that ranch with drug dealers and she couldn't get a hold of her. And so she asked us if we could do something, but it was hard to get there. So we started praying and fasting. And I said, God will do something. He is going to do something with your daughter. So I was like, oh, I hope God backs me up. <laughs> because, yes, so we were fasting and praying. So next week when we went, she was like, something happened. She was delivered. Um, um, she was being raped by the uncle. That's why she wanted to get out of there. So she started believing, and the other prisoners, or, or the other ladies started believing also. And I'm so happy for that. Thank you for supporting us in your pray, prayers. And all these years that you have, ¿cómo se dice sembrado? Sown in our lives and in all these people that you have also blessed. Thank you. So at the end of our, and you know, this has continued like we've said in many ways, but I just want to mention that at the end of our Isaiah 58, the first fast that we did, um, and like Bibi said, that the church was really a war zone um, with boxes of food and medicine and all kinds of things. Um, I wish I had the figures with me, but I'm, I'm trying to recollect them. I think we passed out during those 40 days uh, to people in need. We passed out uh, 7,500 meals, different meals to people. Uh, we passed out... 1,100 Bibles we passed out. Uh, I think we passed out something like, I, I, I wouldn't like to lie, but something like 200 boxes of clothes and shoes to people. And, and what's interesting is that that historically, that was our worst financial year. So we did this just by the goodness and mercy and provision of God. So we are firm believers that, you know, when we step out, God will, God will bring things to pass as he wants to do them. So uh, just to finish here, so that's as far as family and Fuente, just about frontiers and, and new areas where we feel God is taking us. And uh, then uh, we would like to share a couple of prayer points. Um, uh, I, so like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm above 50. I'll be 53 next week. But as I was, as I was approaching 50 uh, by a series of events, uh, God, God spoke to me uh, that he was leading me and calling me to uh, help my younger brothers. So uh, things, 
things have opened up to where um, I'm able to um, relate more to younger pastors, basically, either, either younger in age or younger in ministry experience, okay? So I, 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 it just happened that I've, I've been able to build a friendship with an, not a huge number, but, you know, a, a, a few of them that I'm, you know, closely knit with and trying to help them through. And um, like I said, not only younger in age, but younger in, in ministry experience. And uh, with this, God, God opened the doors for, for, um, for us to form a sort of like a pastor's fraternal. For, for many years as a church, we've, we've sought unity with the rest of the churches in the city. And for a good number of years, we were hosting a pastor's breakfast every month with about 40 to 50 guys from the city, all backgrounds, just to bring them to the church, give them breakfast, make friends, and say, we are together in this. And, and we still do some of that, but really, uh, more recently, in the last year or two, we, we formed this sort of pastor's fraternal. It's about 12 or 15 of us guys uh, who meet once a month, and, and we use the name, uh, this is what we pursue, pastors according to God's own heart, and uh, uh, that's what we want to be. So, uh, so you know, this is, this is becoming a very good group of friends. And, and, and earlier in the year, for example, we had, we had Terry Virgo with us um, in our church. So having this group and having the connection with Terry, uh, we, we put together like a day for leaders from the church. And, and Terry was a big impact in the, in the leaders of different backgrounds in the city. So every month, you know, there's some Baptists, some Presbyterian, there's some New Frontiers, and, and all kinds of things. So that's, that's helping us in friendship and unity. And um, so that's one thing that I am personally really enjoying and investing my time in these ways uh, with some of these guys. And we're also in a season where we are um, seeking direction uh, from God as to which apostolic sphere we should join. Uh, to, for, I don't know, 15 years, I was part of the... Uh, apostolic team for Mexico, um, and two years ago, I stepped down from that uh, to give room to other, you know, younger guys, and also to focus on what God was doing uh, with us locally, and then um, a year ago, we felt God leading us to, uh, to um, uh, not be part of the Mexico, New Frontiers Mexico sphere for just different reasons. We're still in good relationships, you know, with, with everyone, but we just couldn't uh, be part of everything that was going on. So uh, we, we're now in the process of, you know, we really do not want to be isolated or disconnected in any way. But God is, you know, God is opening doors for us in that way. So, um, so if, if, you know, if you want to remember us in prayer, those are the things you can pray for us. And I, I was blessed to see your leaflet on the week of prayer. When we go home um, uh, a week or two after we get home, we're going to start. Uh, I'm actually next Sunday preaching from that very verse in Acts, you know, persevering in prayer. So I was blessed to see that. Um, so we're, we're starting a, th this year, we're going to do the 40 days, uh, uh, but we're going to focus the church on prayer and, and seeking guidance and seeking God's power to do what we do. So you can, you can pray for us. You can pray 
you know, for different things. Bibi and I, as we've said, um, we are in a new season and we're seeking direction, you know, for this new season of our lives in ministry. So, um, so that's where we're at and we thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. And it's great being with all of you. Okay. Yeah.